Hello everyone and welcome to the Lisa Berg show over this holiday weekend, this Easter weekend here in Luxembourg or beyond Luxembourg borders if you happen to be lucky enough to be travelling this weekend and if you are travelling I hope you're not encountering any motorway issues, any flight issues, any delays anywhere and you can just enjoy your break and rest. In the studio today we are going to have the second in our series on the housing issue in Luxembourg which is an ongoing issue and ongoing debate and of course as always I have my colleague Sasha Kio who will look back on the week's news with me. We also have joining us once more Sufyan from At Home Group, CEO of At Home Group. Hello Sufyan. Hi Lisa, great to be here today. It's great to have you back in the studio. I also have Quentin Jigovic who is the senior mortgage broker from At Home here in Luxembourg and as before Julien Licheron from Lizer joins us. Lovely to have you back also Julien. Great to have you. We're going to focus on the nuts and bolts of the housing issue moving on from our last episode. But we're going to start with a reflection of the week's news with you, Sasha. So Easter weekend, we're recording here, I must say, on Good Friday. Uh, But we do have a wonderful tradition if you happen to be spending Easter weekend in Luxembourg. Yes, so we're, we're not the only two people left in the, in the studio here. I'm quite pleased to see other people. It's been very <laughs> quiet and I've been quite, I've had a bit of FOMO at the beginning of the week when everybody was kind of heading out and I saw that a hun- over 100,000 people have left Luxembourg over the Easter holidays. And you know, why, why am I not with them? Anyways, <laughs> um, Easter will be lovely here and much helped by a tradition on Easter Monday in the centre of town called Imaishen, um, which is like the cell... I don't, I don't, I don't know if I actually cor- say it correctly. Is it a mycin or a, m- a mycin? I think you have the best chance of the okay. group around me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and it's the traditional potter's market where they sell these sweet little clay birds, which also are whistles. And it's a it's an old tradition going back a long time. And um, they're beautifully decorated. They have different tones, the whistles. I know that a lot of people collect them. So always are buying new ones or you can also collect antique ones. I understand they go up quite a price. They do go for quite a price. I have something to confess. You've never bought one? No, 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 no. no. I, I was given at least one as a gift before I knew what they were. And when I was decluttering and moving, I, I let's say, g- gave them away to a charity shop. Oh, not realising. they love tokens. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> not realising their value and worth, etc. But I was trying to do the Japanese, you know, minimalist oh, thing, right. which I'm not very good at. But um, so I, that's my confession. Yes, traditionally, they, they are given to the person um, that, yes, that you're in love with. Oh, well. Oh, well. well. Never I mind. Be, I won't be buying one then. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> let's it's move on. Let's very move on. nice. Very nice. And something different than from just doing uh, treasure hunts or t- eating too much chocolate or yeah. what seems to have taken It's over a now. really lovely tradition. And actually, what I love about Luxembourg is there are quite a few traditions that, you know, get us through the year. We have the Bretzel weekend. We have this tradition. A lot of to do with love, actually. That's also for lovers, we found out, yes. didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There we go. We'll have to investigate whether the hopping procession is also a secret kind of love Dance. Which is funny, given that there's no particular word for to love somebody in Luxembourgish. Oh, right, I've forgotten that. <laughs> so yes. they do it through tokens and various other ways. Yes. Now, housing stories always hit the headlines. They are in the headlines, um, as we can see with our guests here, who are um, sure much better qualified than me to talk about it. But there were just a couple of things that really stood out to me this week. And one was um, to do with Ukraine, which uh, I obviously report on a lot. And the fact that the refugees who came to Luxembourg, you know, a year on, um, many people have jobs now and um, living in Luxembourg. But it is impossible or extremely difficult to find somewhere to rent. I mean, obviously, the prices are way beyond most people's reach. And um, a lot of landlords won't rent to um, families who only have one earner. And as as you said earlier, uh, it tend, the people that came here tended to be women with children. Um, and it's, ex- you know, it's extremely difficult. I, I suppose the government at the, the time uh, didn't expect for, for the refugees still to be here a year on. So there was this call out for host families. A lot of people put refugees up for three months or six months or even up to a year. But I think, you know, in the long term, people can't stay with host families forever. They, I'm sure they don't want to and they would want a place of their own. But there needs to be some kind of government 
help. It's really an interesting situation. I mean, looking at our guests here in the studio, I'm sure they have come across this. I can see some nods. In fact, uh, just last weekend, I gave away some furniture to a couple of Ukrainian. They looked very young, but they are young women. But one of them is looking after her younger sister here. Her parents are still back. Both of them, their parents are still staying in Ukraine because their husbands couldn't leave. And uh, they've had to move to Germany because they couldn't afford to live in Luxembourg. And that causes other issues with the various temporary laws about working in different places. So they're having to negotiate that also. So it's layer upon layer of bureaucracy and other things to deal with. But they were incredibly brave women, young, young women to talk to. I was so impressed by them, I must say. Yes, yes. No, it's very difficult. And it also has to be said that the Luxembourg government, you know, there are over a thousand refugees are in these temporary shelters, which are across Luxembourg. It's not, and you can go there at any time. It's not as if um, the refugees are actually homeless. But obviously, in the long term, that is no solution, is it, to stay in these temporary shelters? I don't think conditions are great. No, it's it's a terribly sad situation. And of course, um, following on from that, the housing market has been in the news constantly it recently has been ever since uh, our first show on this uh, story so the the story this week seemed to be that the housing market has reached its peak and uh, that, in fact, prices have dropped in the last year by over 5%. So the headline kind of went, you know, this is this if you are in a, in a position that you can actually buy, this would be the time that you could negotiate on, on prices for both houses and apartments. But I will, I will leave that to our guests to discuss <laughs> we more. We will discuss more for <laughs> I sure. I just give the headlines. <laughs> we definitely will. We will discuss more. Finland is in the news for two stories this week. Yes, so it became the 31st member of NATO this week. So there was a big ceremony in Brussels outside NATO headquarters with the flag raising. And um, I think, you know, most Western countries are very relieved that, in fact, they managed to get all countries to ratify Finland's um, entry, entry, uh, especially that they managed to persuade Turkey to to ratify it because they have not allowed, they have blocked, uh, Turkey and Hungary have blocked uh, Sweden's entry to NATO. But, you know, Finland has the biggest land border with Russia. Um, it traditionally never wanted to be part of NATO because it, you know, it, because of its geographical position. So it's a big symbolic move. Um, you know, it's a big symbolic move because uh, Russia wanted a smaller NATO when it when it in- invaded Ukraine. And in fact, they've ended up with a, a bigger NATO. So. And there's a very clear history between Finland and Russia yes. as Exactly. Well. So, so there's a long history. So it's yeah. it's 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 uh, an amazing. The timing is very uh, well. <laughs> it says a lot. <laughs> yes, it, it lot. moves very quickly. It yes. does. And we must just jump to the other story about Finland being in the news. It's about women in politics, actually. Yes. So um, the Finnish elections. Um, were last weekend and the Prime Minister Sanna Marin, who was a very young, dynamic woman who uh, became the Prime Minister of Finland, um, has been voted out and it's a more centre-right party that's that's taken over uh, in a coalition. Um, But it's following a general trend that, you know, there was a lot of hope that there were a lot of women Prime Ministers and uh, Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, famously uh, has resigned, as has the uh, head of Scotland, the First Minister Nicola Sturgeon. Um, So I've read a bit, I've listened to a couple of podcasts on this. Um, The pressure for women in politics seems to be immense. I mean, Nicola Sturgeon said that when she heard the resignation speech of uh, Jacinda Ardern, she thought, oh, I wish that was me. Mm. You know, there, there is... Obviously, there's a huge amount of pressure on any uh, prime minister. But I think for women, it's even tougher. I think social media is very unkind. Um, You know, Sana Marin was captured uh, partying and drinking with her friends. And this caused outrage across the world. And you think, she's a young woman. What are you talking about? It didn't cause outrage here because she had that wonderful line that made the news here, that if there was any PM she'd like to party most with, it It would be Savia (laughs) Bettel. <laughs> that is absolutely true. And Jacinda Ardern has been, I mean, she has been such a target. Um, so, it, I But she's also been somebody to hold in high esteem, I think, absolutely. for young people. Because very unusually, she seemed to come across as being, and she says it in her leaving speech as well, honest, th- 
true, authentic. She was who she seems to be, as much as yes. we can see. She had a baby during this time. And, and she she was there through COVID and the yes. strictest COVID laws that New Zealand, you know, of, of, in the world in New Zealand. So I don't think we've seen the last of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I hope not. But um, I'm, I imagine that Sana Marin will pop up in some kind of international she's very role young. you know she's she's young and very charismatic yeah. but i i do think it's interesting that you know that Obama apparently said if the world could be ruled by women for two years, it would be a very different world. I loved and that. I read, <laughs> I read, read that? that. I loved it. I agree. <laughs> I think it would be a very different world because the way our hormones are driven. <laughs> well, that aside, but I don't Maybe. think we're, we're not warmongering. Well, but, you know, this this whole idea of a sort of kinder politics, I think it's, it's not necessary. I think when there's it, it, it doesn't seem to uh, be universally popular in times of economic crisis. Mm-hmm. I think then, or with military decisions, I think there is still more trust in uh, something that voters know. Well, military decisions, I mean, that, yes, that, that's no, a completely I'm, separate no, argument and the fact that, more, well, anyway. But I, I think it's no accident <laughs> that, uh, you know, Sanna Marin was the one who pushed uh, Finland into NATO. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody voted out? led Russia? Wouldn't that be nice? Well, let's <laughs> but no, I, I, I did love that that comment by Obama. And um, just following on from that, I also listened to a really interesting interview with a female uh, British MP who has made it her mission to try to get women into politics and especially this dearth of um, mothers who are not in politics because they're mothers and they're trying to juggle a lot at home as well. And for whatever reason, the onus of motherhood <laughs> parenthood, let's say, is on the mother still. And she was saying this voice is lost in politics. We need that voice because without that voice in politics, we can't change certain laws that would actually help these women. And so she's made a, a great mission of hers to great get uh, women, female mothers into politics. Now, <clears throat> what shall we move to? Let Oh, I know what we'll move to next. Let's move to Trump. <laughs> Talking of men. <laughs> Not, yes. <laughs> Let's not hold him up as a typical man, but um, <laughs> so I'm a bit disappointed because a bit, bit disappointed because obviously he was famously arraigned on Tuesday and uh, he's been indicted on 34 charges, uh, felony charges, to which he has pleaded not guilty. Um, I fell into the trap as all journalists, I think, that I started watching it live. We went back to the bad old days of literally following him, leaving Trump Tower, going in the car. He's loving it. 15 minutes, nothing happened apart from watching a helicopter following the car to the courthouse. And he's loving it. Absolutely. Because I was listening to an interview just this morning, actually. He is telling the media when he will be leaving, when he's of doing course. this. He is giving it's them making access. him relevant. Exactly. Again. And it's taking away all of the spotlight from Biden. He adores this. He doesn't care if it's bad news. Yeah, it's it's put. Yes, exactly. It's put him way, well back into the spotlight. His ratings apparently are going up. Would you believe it? And this is over hush money payments. I mean, this is not just some small little charges. And, you know, he we know he lied, but he, you know, he's pleaded not guilty. I really admire the woman, who, in fact, in, in question, this Stormy Daniels, the um, adult film star. She's brave. Yes. Because she she's got death threats. I mean, she's yeah. really plucky that she's pursuing it and not anonymously. Um, but she's yes. got some great lines out there. She's yes. a strong woman. She's a strong woman. Yes, exactly. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah. Uh, but, you know, there, there you go. Trump is back in the news and I'm a bit disappointed there wasn't a mugshot because there were some quite funny stories at the beginning of the week um, of famous mugshots that we've had from, you know, when Hugh Grant was caught with a prostitute to um, O.J. Simpson. And we, they, they were mocking up Trump. But sadly, we didn't have a mugshot. Oh, but yeah, I, still, I, I mean, I feel a little bit guilty about even bringing this story up because we're giving him the spotlight again. And, well, of course. You know, but that's... I suppose we have to. But let's not give him any more airtime. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I feel very guilty moving from him to the next story, um, which is about the Pope. It seems very incongruous. Incongruous. Hey, <laughs> I can't think of a good link there. <laughs> no. Well, the Pope, uh, in, in a way, uh, it, it is uh, good news. He is an 86-year-old man who's obviously not terribly well. He had There were huge fears just before last weekend, so before Palm Sunday, because he was in hospital um, with uh, bron- bronchitis, actually, it turned out. But he has 
uh, had various uh, issues with his lungs before he had part of it removed. So I think the, the general concern is he's a very, quite a frail man. But uh, he did hold the Palm Sunday Mass and um, and was seen uh, yesterday actually doing the traditional Maundy Thursday washing of feet and will be expected um, to lead the Masses on, on Easter Sunday. Um, but I think, you know, again, people are looking and trying to work out, you know, what the future is. Will will he step down like his, his predecessor? Um, because obviously his health is, is really not good. Mm. I watched the film The Two Popes a long time ago. Oh, it's so good, isn't it's it? brilliant. Oh, it's brilliant. If anybody wants to watch a film this Easter weekend, yes. it, that, I found that to be a very, very interesting film. Yes, absolutely. You kind of want to imagine that the two did have these interesting conversations. I'm sure they ongoing. did. Very intellectual yeah. men of their time. Um, yeah, I found it. It's a, it's a feel-good film, I yes. found. Yes, anyway. no, I, I enjoyed it much. Yes, and then I suppose also we are... We are recording on Good Friday. We should talk about the Good Friday Agreement. Absolutely. This is, I'm sure, uh, uh, an issue that's very close to your heart mm-hmm. as well. It's been 25 years, which is extraordinary, since the Good Friday Agreement. Um, it will actually be marked next Wednesday. So because, yes, it's not not this, not today, that it will be marked. And the American President, Joe Biden, is expected to go, as is the uh American president at the time, Bill Clinton, who was very influential in pushing the Good Friday Agreement forward. And um, I watched a little film, which I have to say I found completely fascinating, which was the make the, the reporting of the Good Friday Agreement 25 years ago. Oh, I'd love to watch that. And um, because obviously all the journalists, so 300 journalists were camped outside the talks and the talks went on and on and on through the night. And they were kind of taking it in turns. But of course, you, you don't really want another journalist to get the actual final agreement if it's signed <laughs> and get that on air. So this BBC journalist was saying, you know, I got no sleep, only on, on the sort of minimum uh, that he managed to get it through. And of course, um, you know, breaking the news on the Good Friday Agreement uh, must have been, was the, like the, the biggest scoop at the time and I think you know there was no social media at the time there was no Twitter so you really were the person to hold that piece of paper and break it and I know there's been a lot of criticism of the Good Friday Agreement in in hindsight, but um, this journalist was was saying the deal was worth it because it took the gun out of politics and I thought that was a brilliant quote. It's a brilliant line. Because it, it that's exactly what has happened. I mean, when you think about the amount of people who who died through violence um, because because of the troubles, uh, even if it's just he says it's saved in the last twenty five years two to three thousand people, if if it had been the same number um, as before, then you know it the compromise me. was worth it. Absolutely, it? and when you say that line, it just reminds me of the terrible gun crime in schools in America. And I hope one day they'll take the gun out of schools in America. As yeah. Because well, that's just... Well, Sasha, I wish you a lovely, restful weekend here in Luxembourg. Thank You're you staying very here in Luxembourg. Much. And a and lovely the trip to, to the... I, I dare not pronounce it. You can pronounce it. But to the Amishan The Amishan market. market <laughs> to buy... Oh, to get somebody to buy you. Yes, this. it would appear. You don't want to buy them yourself. No, no, no. <laughs> to buy this love token. Sasha, have a wonderful Easter weekend. Thanks very much. The Lisa Burke Show. Now, welcome back to The Lisa Burke Show, where we are going to talk to housing experts and we are going to do the second in our series on housing in Luxembourg. With me in the studio, I have three fabulous guests. I have, as before, Soufian Sadi. Welcome back. You are CEO of At Home Group based here in Luxembourg. Thank you, Lisa, for the invitation. Also from your team, we have uh, Quentin Gigovic, who is the senior mortgage broker at At Home Finance, which is another part of At Home Group, a a growing, expanding and very important group here in Luxembourg. And from Liza, we have researcher Dr. Julien Licheron. Lovely to have you back. Thank you, Lisa. So we're going to dig into the nuts and bolts in this part of the episode. We're going to have some up-to-date figures. So I can turn to both Julien and Soufiane, but I'll start with you, Soufiane. What have you seen, the figures? What what are the latest figures? Well, the latest figures are very, very interesting. So what we have seen is actually a decline in prices. So Q1 2023 
of 5.1%. Which is huge. So a decline, and this, we must say, is the first decline in Luxembourg house prices since 2008-9. Yeah. So this is really something we didn't see before. And uh, so it's on the listed prices, so property listed at home. Yeah. And basically, we've seen a decline of 5.1%. I think worth mentioning that the decline is uh, about 4% on the used or old properties and 7% on the new properties or new developments. So basically, this is a good sign of the market starting to shift and actually the ability for potential interested buyers to find some very good deals in those market conditions. Well, but we have to counter that with the fact that the buyers have to deal with higher interest rates, which we will come to with Quentin. So Absolutely. it's one offsetting the other here. <laughs> um, now, tell me, are there changes area by area as to where the house prices are differing? No, I would say that over, uh, if you look at, I would say if you look at the country, it's more or less the same dynamic. So we are really seeing a decrease. The North region is a region where I would say there was a slight increase, but maybe on the back of basically a remove of the demand on the North region, which is less expensive. Mm -hmm. But I would say it's the same dynamic. It's overall an increase that decrease that we can see in the country. And it's I think it's a very, very important sign today. Yeah. Because on the back of this, we are seeing an increase on the rentals of 9%. That's a huge jump. 9% is huge. Just to give you um, uh, a comparison, rentals have increased by 15% over the last 10 years, 15%. Right. And in the matter of a few quarters, we are at 9%. So it's, it's really because of the shift of the demand and buyers from basically them not being able to buy to searching for property to lease. There's going to be so many results from this situation here in Luxembourg. I'm going to turn to you, Julien. Uh, I know you've also had a recent report from the Housing Observatory. Yeah, and we have, of course, a, a bit different figures because we are basing on different data. But the trends are very consistent with what uh, Sufian said, indeed. So we have different f figures because we are uh, working with uh, notarial deeds. So it's um, not listed prices, but official transaction prices. Of course, we have a, de a delay uh, approximately three months delay, so that uh, what we observe is only at, for the end of 2022. S and this is, is what already clear, that we had a decline in price, especially compared to the previous quarter. Uh, it was widespread over the territory and also widespread over the different market segments. So it seems that we also have the same kind of situation that uh, Sufian was describing. Um, and we have the same result with regards to uh, rents. We also see uh, clearly in the data, we, we have a bit different data because we are basing on another portal called uh, imotop.lu. Uh, here we also add an increase by 8% of rents, which is also re quite uh, important. And that's clear that it's something that we can expect to continue in 2023. It's clear that there is a pressure on rent especially, as uh, Sufian said, because there is a kind of shift of demand from uh, property own earners to, to, to renting, I would say. Well, this is really going to change the landscape of people who might come to Luxembourg to work in Luxembourg. It makes it much less attractive to work in Luxembourg. Uh, to both of you also, you do look at the border regions. I, I'm not sure if Liza looks at the border regions. Not really. But I know you have properties for sale on the border regions. Has there been an increase or decrease for homes for sale in Belgium, France, Germany, close to Luxembourg? So actually those trends were happening in those countries, but they were happening, I would say, before Luxembourg. So the trends we are seeing in Luxembourg are coming a little bit late. So we have already started to see a shift in France where we've seen in some cities prices starting to basically decrease. And what we see in Luxembourg is, is something that actually is happening in other countries, but it's happening now. I mean, based on the numbers that we are seeing. So I think that it's, it's also because here it's a very high value market, not easy for people to, to make that move. But I think it's happening. We are seeing this happening because of the interest rates that are very, very high. And basically, that's the only way to adjust offer and demand. So the interest rates are relatively high. <laughs> Historically, not so high, but compared to the 1.8% that we've had recently, they've jumped. And 
on that note, I will turn to you, Quentin, because you're seeing this change all the time. So talk us through what you've seen in the last year, six months to a year, really. Yeah, so we, we saw that the market changed a lot about interest rate, um, especially with, we're talking, most. I'll talk about fixed rate, but we can also talk about viable rate. But if you look just one year ago, uh, we were talking about fixed rate for, for example, 30 years close to, yeah, 1.5, something like this. Uh, and now we switch to something close to four. So interest rate is something, of course, is important. This is at the month, if interest rate are increasing, it reduces your borrowing capacity. However, we, we saw something that, Okay, now it's also linked to the price of properties. We know that it's linked to each other. The thing that I would say is um, we are, I think, at a moment where it's maybe a good time to use this because you saw prices uh, that decrease on properties. We know interest rates are high. However, if you make a good negotiation of your purchase price, if you manage to lower the purchase price, uh, okay, you made a good deal. But the interest rate, even if you look for a fixed rate, and of course, if you can still afford it, I'm, I'm talking to people that can still afford. Uh, in Luxembourg, all the banks, they have different criterias. So sometimes you will stop to one bank and thinking that, okay, I can't purchase because you have only one vision. This is why it's important here to check with different banks or check with brokers to have all the options available. This is my role here. Uh, I'm showing people all the options. And talking about interest rate, you can start with a fixed interest rate at 4%, but we have options here that you can renegotiate your interest rate later on, uh, which was not the case because, well, always been the case to be able to renegotiate, but when price were higher, you were not making uh, a good deal, let's say, on the purchase price. So it was extremely hard to negotiate, even if interest rates were very low. So your situation cannot be better because you purchase the property, so it's done, and your interest rate is already lower. So you can't really renegotiate that later on. So let's just talk through how to potentially buy a house in Luxembourg. The first thing is, because it's so expensive and people are trying to save up if they don't have help from their families or given a piece of land or whatever, <laughs> they need to have a deposit. And what sort of deposit, let's say for a house or an apartment that's a million pound, what sort of deposit would you recommend people save up for? Well, it's difficult to say because it depends, depends on for, the salary, etc. Of course, depend on the salary. What we know is at the moment, if you have good salaries, it is still possible when it's your first purchase to get a property without a down payment. It is possible, but of course, you have to face the high monthly installments. Uh, but we can play with installments as well because you have solutions on the market when you can have a longer duration. We can make loans for 35 years or 40 to lower your installments. And you can later on renegotiate these interest rates to shorter the duration. So you can just start with 40 years, for example, to have better installments and then saying that, uh, okay, I will renegotiate later to shorter uh, duration. So pausing on that point, yeah. they are lengths of time that would suit a younger person buying for the first time. Yeah. But there's quite a lot of people here in Luxembourg who are not in the first flush of youth, <laughs> but would still like to buy a place yeah. here because they come here at various stages of their careers. Um, at what age do mortgages stop? So again, from banks to bank, uh, you have a lot of differences. Let's say most of the banks will stop, need to, the loan need to be stopped at 65, so the official retirement age. But we have some banks that can extend this if you have a down payment, for example. So we have some banks that are able to extend it to uh, 70, 75. Sometimes in certain circumstances, we can even go to 80 years end of the loan. So these are things that you don't necessarily know because it's hard sometimes to find the informations. And these are the things that uh, I'm showing to people. I'm exposing all the options. So yes, potentially end of the loan can be 80 years. Okay, that's possible. really important to underline because I have a circle of friends who would be interested and they feel that they are literally timed out of a mortgage. So if they already know that they could extend a mortgage to 70, 75, 80, that is a, a small flicker of hope there. Okay, so just pressing on the mortgage issue here. Uh, for those who may already have a home, we haven't yet mentioned it might be a good idea to buy, I, I dare not say this, but for some people, they'll be in a position to buy a, a property to rent, to let out. So the buy to let mortgages, are they the same as the the home mortgages, the personal ones? No, these are not the same rules because in this case, you always need a down payment. You always need, normally it's 20% down payment on the purchase price and you have to add on top of that the notary fees uh, and you know, you have no help from the government to reduce the notary fees compared to when you buy for your primary residence. So this is the main difference. Also, but the, dura the duration of the mortgage, most of the banks will say that you can't go to 30 years long term. Uh, you will have to reduce it to 20 years. We have 
one option with the bank that can extend it, but you need to put even more down payment. So it always depends. Yes, if you have a lot of cash, you can potentially have a lot of possibilities because you can get a long term for investment. And why not? Okay, I'm going to press on with you, Quentin, here, because it's your first time here. So. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about the negotiation aspect, because not everybody has the confidence to negotiate. And I remember, Sufyan, we spoke to you about this last time. You were saying that the prices you have, at least what you can see, um, they seem to be selling for around about 10% less, is what you were suggesting. How does one go about negotiating You mean negotiating on the purchase prices? On the purchase prices. Well, difficult to say. Well, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's really hard to to tell about this matter because, of course, it depends if you have the demand. Let's say one thing that can help a lot to negotiate is first having check with your bank and having a document from a bank or from a broker. For example, at Atom Finance, we give uh, a finance check, which is a document that you can show the potential sellers or potential uh, real estate agency to say, okay, look, I know my budget, especially in these times where interest rates are moving a lot extremely fast, your borrowing capacity can change from a week to another. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have something up to date. So when you go to the, your bank, you ask a document as a proof that you are eligible to the mortgage. Uh, and when you go to the broker, it's the same thing. The broker will give you this document. And because we're in a situation where the interest rates are in flux constantly, week on week sometimes, when you are given a potential mortgage deal mm -hmm. for a future purchase, how long will that deal last? Let's say we put one month on our document. But most of the time, I'm trying to... I'm not calculating the borrowing capacity with the lowest interest rate I can get the week people are coming through me because I know that potentially if next week it increases, I don't want them to be stuck. So I tell them on purpose, look, this is not the best rate I can get, but at least this is giving you a buffer for a few weeks to be able to uh, still be able to get the project. And if for any reason I can see that interest rate increase a lot for any reason, I can call you back and say, okay, Let's make a quick update. I will send you another uh, document based on the update of the interest rate. At least they they always have something up to date. Mm -hmm. And then for those who really want to go and try to get one of these uh, pieces of paper so that they can try to buy somewhere, what information do they have to bring to you in order to get a mortgage? What do they need apart from deposit, bank statements, etc.? These are the general documents that the banks are asking because I'm making the analysis as if I was doing the same thing for the bank. So I just mix all the bank's requirements in just one document. So these are the, your payslips, ID card, employment contract, uh, like you said, uh, bank statements, for example. And if you have any loans, car loan, leasing, mortgages, I need to have the info about how much you're paying on a monthly basis and how much loan is remaining. And then I also have to ask for freelancers, independent workers, how easy it, is it for those to get a mortgage? It's not necessarily harder, just that in terms of documents, you may you need more documents, especially if you just started. Most of the time, the banks are asking to have a background, so they want to see. They're talking about three years uh, most of the time. So if you just started a few months ago, of course, it will be more, ex more difficult. But it depends for which company you were working for. If you were in the same field, if you were already working in Luxembourg or in another country. So we have to consider the entire situation. But it's not necessarily harder to get. It's just that in terms of documents, I need to double check what is your activity and then see what can be the perfect documents you can I can use to make this document. Thank you. Uh, and then when it comes to renting, what sort of documents do you need for that? I suppose you need to have proof of bank statements, a similar thing. You mean when you're looking for an investment? Uh, no, I mean, if you just want to rent a, an apartment here, let's say, what do you need to bring to the owner in order to, you have to pay a certain amount of, certain number of months in advance as well? Uh, yes, well, this is, Then it's not going through through me to 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 the mortgage things, but yes, uh, you most of the time they need to look at your salary. I assume. Uh, um, and I think one of the problems in Luxembourg is they have to pay sometimes three months worth of rent advance, upfront. Yeah. yeah, is that still the case? Yeah, that's the big challenge. So you have to pay um, caution in French. How do we say in English? Uh, the deposit. Yes. So basically, security deposit. Um, given the rents level that we have in Luxembourg, so it can be a five, six k that you have to put up front, and then usually you have to pay the month, so the rental before the start, before you getting the the apartment or the studio or the house. Yeah. So basically, it's two, three months of deposit, one month up front for the rent, so that's four months. Mm -hmm. So it's a big, it's quite a, a, a big amount, 
And also to maybe answer your question, the owner wants to basically check the solvency of the tenant. And it links a little bit with the story that you were mentioning about the Ukrainian refugees. This is, I think, a reflection of the challenge of the housing market in Luxembourg. Um, this is a clear example of the challenges we have, where basically people cannot afford because the owner will see how much this person is making. And on the available income of the person, it can represent 50-60% of the income, especially on on a specific segment of the of the population. Yeah. So buying is difficult. Renting is also is also a challenge, hence finding really structural solutions um, to basically help this uh, I would say segment of the population. Yeah, you're absolutely right because again you you've just mentioned Quentin that for some people they will need three years worth of evidence of what they can pay and certainly a Ukrainian refugee won't have three years worth of evidence here for all sorts of clear and obvious reasons. Um, I wanted to know then, turning to you, Sufian, and also Julian, when it comes to buying a place, do we happen to have any statistics on how many houses are happy to just sit there because the owners are not, they, they have no need to sell quickly because it's a second, third home, whatever. They're just sitting on the market and they're happy for them to sit there for months on end. Do we have any statistics on that? No, we don't. We don't have official statistics on vacant dwellings and how the stock of dwellings is really made of. That's something that is currently, uh, we are working on it in the housing observatory, I have to say, for the Ministry of Housing. It's something which is quite important. This is one statistic that we are really missing. And I guess that's something we need to really consider for, for the future. Because there's no penalties on people who have other dwellings, as we found out last time. Yeah, but there is a there is now a proposal flow with a new scheme for vacant dwellings, especially taxation on, on, on those dwellings. So that's typically why we need a register of vacant dwellings. We do indeed. Uh, so um, I want to turn to you then, Soufian. You see the housing, uh, the houses come in for sale, the rental market changing day on day you must be well I don't know you probably go to your office every day thinking what's going to happen today what's it been like actually your job over recent months well my job has been very um, I would say not stressful but thinking a lot about what will happen thinking a lot about what will happen in 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 the market I think the housing market is very very important we need a healthy housing market in in any country And what we are seeing is really, I think, almost a historical shift and wake-up call of what is the situation today in Luxembourg. And it's really worrying about what's next. Mm -hmm. I think today we are at a stage where actually the actions that we'll put in place, I think, can have a positive impact um, in the future. It's not too late, but we have structural challenges today. Um, we can't afford, I mean, as the CEO of the organization, I also want to hire talents. I also want to have great people, ambitious people um, that can come and work here, work for the organization. But I, I don't want to lose them because they can't afford living in Luxembourg. This is this is the situation and this is crazy. So we have great companies here. The country is very ambitious, developing. But now it's becoming a problem when you have someone coming and 23, 24 years old who can't afford living in Luxembourg or if the person lives here has to find, share an apartment, share a house with other people. It's not easy. It's very challenging. So it's something that is basically um, a big challenge, I think, for for me as, as, as CEO of the, of the organization that is growing and that is willing to find those people and actually become attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, and now this attractiveness is, I think, challenged um, and that's why we need to find I think very quickly structural solutions on top of what is basically being implemented. Yeah and that's a very honest uh, reflection on your company situation which is going to be the case for many many companies all companies here in Luxembourg and especially at a time when they really want to attract talent and they need the talent to work in Luxembourg. I also wanted to turn to you to think about the construction firms that we have. Um, I had an email actually after the last episode from a lady who was saying she wanted to stay anonymous but she was saying that they had bought off plan a house but now they've signed all the contracts. The construction firm have absolutely stalled on the build of this house. They're not moving forward. They're, the construction firm are facing all sorts of different issues. And this lady and her family as purchasers have no legal comeback. 
So they're in a stalled situation. Have you heard these stories? I think um, those are stories that happen in a context that is very challenging context, especially for construction companies. I think not all construction companies are in this situation. I think most of them have solid foundations and are able to keep basically their projects. But I think those are cases that can happen, um, especially in those in those market conditions. So I've I've heard some of those. I don't think it's a general situation. I think it's it's really a few people who are I think concerned in Luxembourg, and I think that there are probably ways and solutions to be found because. Uh, construction companies should have insurances and guarantees mm-hmm. uh, in this I mean in the case that those kind of things happen so I would encourage this lady to basically uh, get information also from the Ministry of Housing for example um, legal support etc but I'm pretty sure there are ways and solutions there is no way you can just lose your money like that mm-hmm. uh, I mean we yes. are we are in a country there are rules and developers have insurances normally guarantees um, so I hope for this person to quickly find a solution. Mm, thank you. Well, we did have a, a news story in the last couple of weeks about some construction companies facing bankruptcy. So we'll see how that moves forward. There wasn't a lot of sympathy for the construction companies because they have made large profits in recent years. You mentioned the Ministry of Housing and I want to turn to you, Julien, because one of the oddities of Luxembourg is that the Ministry of Housing is not the only ministry department that looks after the housing situation. So can you explain to our listeners who's in charge of housing in Luxembourg? That's a big issue indeed, because there are many, many uh, different ministries and departments that are in charge partly of ruling out uh, the market. That's, uh, of course, the Ministry of Housing is more responsible for the development of a public stock of housing. Affordable housing is typically something that is under the control of the Ministry of Housing. While, of course, everything which is related to tax and fiscal incentives are in the hands of the Ministry of Finance. So that's another very important component. You all know that uh, tax, the tax system is really important, especially for investors. For years, we had a system that was really favorable to to investors here. And that's typically something that was in the hands of the Ministry of Finance. And on top of that, we also have the Ministry of Interior that has a huge role in defining the urban planning documents for municipalities, which are a huge component of construction. So that you see that uh, indeed the housing, let's say, topic is uh, really shared among a different set of uh, ministries, Ministry of Housing, Ministry of Finance, Ministry of Interior, and and, and other kind of uh, ministries that are involved. And do you think that's correct? Do you think it should be that way? Well, it's quite difficult to... um, I, I don't have a clear idea on that because it's quite normal to me that the Ministry of Finance has everything which is related to tax and the tax system. So it makes sense that it's part of their own expertise and their own components, that's, um, well, we can imagine that there is a more more common relations with the Ministry of Interior and Ministry of Housing, which are perhaps more closely related. That's, uh, that's something that is too, totally... Um, but just dealing with all of these departments, it just makes everything more cumbersome and it takes longer and there is such a clear problem here in Luxembourg and it's a bigger problem because they need the talent to come here. The the jobs here cannot be served by the people who only live in Luxembourg. We see that, I mean, in the traffic every single day, we see the numbers of people coming in and out of the country. I mean, Sasha, in the news update said 100,000 people are apparently on holiday and that is an enormous proportion of the actual population of Luxembourg. So when you're working and you're doing all of the research that you do, what are the conclusions that you have as an individual today? Yeah. So for sure, housing is not a new issue in in the media. That's, uh, well, I I live here for, I've been living here for 12 uh, 12 years. So I know know this problem is quite, uh, is not new at all. Um, Now it clearly um, has implications on attractiveness and competitiveness of the country. We have prices that are very close to those that we have in Paris, for example. So it's clear that we are facing difficulties to attract talents. But I have to pause you there. I mean, I don't know the market of Paris, but I do know the market of London pretty well. Mm -hmm. And 
my experience of a large city is that there is a range of prices. The thing we do not have here in Luxembourg is a range. We, we have a range. If we, if we go further in the north, then we have different not prices. Not massively different. I don't think it's massively we can, different. We can often the prices if we go really north. The thing is that, of course, housing and mobility issues are quite interrelated. If you decide to go on the north and, and need to, to work every day in the city, then it turns to other kind of difficulties. That's for sure. But it's um, still not cheap in the north. When you say even it might go to half, we're still talking about at least half a million. Yeah. But the thing is that you also have another s solution, which is opting out and going on the other side of the border, which is also a possibility, since the labor market is really cross-border. That's another kind of possibility that you don't have if you live in Paris or London, for sure. Um, we call it the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, here the suburbs indeed are part of Different countries. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what do you think should change? I know you have given your conclusions, you're always talking with the ministries, you're giving your observations. What do you think really needs to change? Well, this is the same conclusion that we have for years now. We need to increase the supply of housing for sure. So the number of newly built apartments and newly built houses has not really catch up to what was needed. Um, this shortage in, 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 uh, in housing is not new, but this is a structural issue. We all know that it's really related to land. Land is really the issue, not because land is scarce. It's not that scarce, indeed. We have a lot of potential land. The only problem is that they are mostly, well, I mean, the land plots are mostly in the hands of private people. You all know that um, there is no or very insignificant land tax there is no pressure for for land for land owners to to buy to to sell their land plots or put it under construction so we need to find solution to really mobilize all those land plots that are already defined as buildable in the urban planning documents that's clearly the issue and that's what is needed anyway we will not solve the problem if we not if we cannot build more do we have any statistics on the people who are buying in luxembourg how many are luxembourgish and how many are expats well that's a good question we, we have figures on the demographic evolutions and we see that of course half of the population now is is a foreigner so it's clear that that's something that is also clear in, in the data that we have for homeowners the reason i ask is because i wonder of that percentage how many of those can vote and the reason I ask that is because nothing has changed in the conclusions that you've drawn over recent years what incentive have governments or people in position of power what political incentive do they have to change the laws because they want to be voted into power mm -hmm. and they want to satisfy the people who are voting for them yeah I would not have answered the same 10 years ago Ten years ago, I would have said yeah, we are in, in a country where most people are owning their, their dwelling. They don't want prices to go down, of course. They really consider that an increase is welcome, let's say. Now it's clearly different because most people have children and they see that their children have difficulties just to enter into the market. We, we all have also at least heard about Luxembourgish people, I mean native people, that have children that have decided to cross the border because they will not, they were not able to afford to to live in their own country. That's something that is now, I would say, in the media. Many people know that, that that's really an issue. And I guess that now it's a moment to really find solutions because there is a large consensus that we need to tackle the housing issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well... I'm sorry, everybody who's listening. This is such a depressing. Well, I have to. T I have to turn. We have some good news. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, good news. good news. Oh, please tell us good what's news. the good prices news. Prices have decreased by five percent. I think it's a good news. But the interest rates have gone up to four uh, percent. Uh, yeah, but this is we are back to. I mean, yeah. it's, it's always the debate. No, that's of, good was news. It normal to mm -hmm. have zero yeah. point five, like uh, what. Uh, Quentin, <laughs> <laughs> Quentin, Quentin. As mentioned, so we are, yes. we are back to, I yeah. mean, I was discussing with my dad, he told me it was 7-8% for me. At, like Oh, I, I know, so my parents had to deal with 15%. Maybe we are at 4-5% now, Yeah, prices have, have declined, the rentals are going up, so basically maybe it's the time to have Invest. some negotiations, 
the new dwellings have prices have decreased by seven percent, which means developers are potentially ready also to basically decrease their prices. So it's a good. I think it's a good news because as a buyer, you have more important negotiation power. Yeah. As you have less demand, you also have wider stock available inventory. So you have also the time to choose. You don't have the pressure. I mean, we were a seller's market. We are now a buyer's market. A year ago, you had to buy almost on the spot. You're like, I'm visiting. I will put an offer now. Like, you, you didn't have time. You had a day. Today, buyers have the time. They can visit. They have we, The listings on at home have increased by 50%. It's something we've never seen before. But on the back of this, we've never had such a big audience, 1.2 million visits a month. It is huge. It is huge. We have 600,000 people, 1.2 million visits wow. in January, and it's increasing. So people love real estate. People are still interested. They want to buy. We've done a survey. 70% are still interested. And We'd actually, like 1.2 million visits, wouldn't we? This is extraordinary. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, give us some tips then. So I need some tips for our audience. <laughs> Fly in with your tips here. Where should people be looking to buy? But let's keep this a secret because we don't have 1.2 million. <laughs> a secret amongst ourselves. No, I think people should should really be. The first thing is is what what do they need actually? I think is what do you need? And it depends on where you are living, where you are working, the opportunities you have. And second thing is the negotiation power that you have. You actually can negotiate if you find a seller, if you find a property that you like the location is great, etc. You can negotiate. And the second and third thing is visit many properties and don't be afraid also. A lot of people you are talking about the geography is very, the heart, the economic heart of the country is Luxembourg City. Yeah. But actually you can go a little bit further on the back of this, like Julia has mentioned, it's we are talking about mobility. How do I get to the place where I work? And this is another question. Should Luxembourg remain, I would say, the place where everything happens? Or should we start thinking about other cities in the country where actually we can have also people working there, etc.? So there are many, I would say, many things to, to think about. But it's also almost a personal situation. Is your employer allowing you the ability to work from home, for example? If you can work from home three days a week, maybe you don't need if your work is here in Lux City. If you work in Kirchberg, but actually you can... Maybe do the show from your home three or four days a week. Maybe you can say, I will live in the south or the north of Luxembourg. There we go. <laughs> so this is, this is, you know, maybe a tip that can, that can be helpful for people. But it's just thinking outside the box. Yeah. We're always thinking, it's happening in Luxembourg. I want to buy Luxembourg. I want to rent in Luxembourg. It's just maybe expand the thinking and see, uh, and see other opportunities. And then, like uh, Quentin has mentioned, is look, look at the financing options. But actually, it's just have people come back to the market. So people are interested, but now they are in a situation where they're thinking, okay, what should I do? Um, and the main advice is actually ask for advice, uh, whether it's a real estate agent, whether it's a, it's a mortgage broker or whatever. Ask for advice, search, go on at home, do searches, save them, have alerts, go visit. And I think... If you have the borrowing capacity, you can find um, a place that, that you can buy. But beyond that, we are all we all know there are structural challenges. It doesn't mean that we have to stop thinking about how to solve the structural challenges. And I agree with Julia, how to build more units. This problem will not disappear. And I have to add, every time this is mentioned, please could somebody fix the type of units that are built. Units is the correct word because they look like prison units, some of these places. I wish we had some architectural inspiration here in Luxembourg because it just pains me that we have so much going on. I've had a Luxembourger tell me they look like Lego blocks and um, I just think we could could do better here in Luxembourg on that front. Um, I wanted to know, when it comes to renting, what's the best value for money. I know it, it's about what you need, but if a person was thinking about renting, let's say, two to three bedrooms, would they be better off looking at apartments or houses? What's the best value for money? Well, I mean, if I look at the, the stats, the rentals, like I mentioned, have increased by 9%. The, for houses, it was 12%. For apartments, 8%. So apartments. So for me, I think it's it's... 
Mm-hmm. If, if I would, I mean, it depends again on the situation of, of, of every person, um, and it depends on a house. Renting a house is more expensive, obviously, uh, than renting an apartment. I think also there is this question around the costs of renting a house. You are paying more fees um, for 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 um, for a house versus an apartment. I think. Uh, I mean, I I live in a house, and the costs are actually heating the house especially from an energy standpoint it's not well protected so we have quite high level of 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 maintenance of your of your house but it's again a personal it's how you where you want to live do you want a garden do you want a garage do you want a i know it's personal i just meant value for money if you wanted that extra space is it do you get more value for money if you're looking at a house. But yes, it's a matter of weighing it up and the various costs against that as well. Quentin, I want to turn to you uh, for some final thoughts and inspiration. Have you any inspiration when people are coming to you at the moment? Uh, are they coming to you optimistically? Now more and more. Oh, uh, good. Let's, let's, <laughs> it was not the case uh, last year, end of last year. But let's say beginning of this year, I've seen some uh, employees from big companies that were not coming back to us because they, they stopped the researches. They were looking at saying, hey, maybe we'll stay renting. It, it's it's better for us at the moment. And now they are coming back. So big, empl- big companies, uh, they came back to us and said, okay, I've seen that. I have some opportunities. Uh, they said, "Okay, we we saved some money on the on the last month, so may, maybe we have now more deposit than before, and we know that we have, like we said before, power on the negotiations." So let's say that this is a good thing to see that now some people are are back. Let's, if I can say, in a good mood, saying that okay, understood, interested are as they are. Uh, but the thing also is on interest rates; they have increased a lot during one year. But now it's been quite a long time, if I can say that they are at the, at the same level. They don't increase now that much. So now it's easier for you to say, okay, I know what it is. And I can now try to organize myself to say, okay, how much I want to spend? What are the options that I have on the on the mortgage? Can I, can I have an option where I can lower the installments? And in terms of properties, like Sufian said, you have now more time to look at properties because potential sellers, they don't have tons of Uh, people visiting now so you can really select the property so you have more um more option and you can really find something like we said by the past people were not even visiting the properties it's okay i look at the pictures i like it and already people made offers on it so and now it's different so i would say even personally if i if i was looking to purchase something i would say that maybe nowadays even if Talking about interest rate is sometimes stressful. I would say I have more time to look at the property. Making different visits, I think it's extremely important because you can make your mind. You can see different things. Uh, you can, if you look for existing apartments, of course, or houses. But I would say, yes, I can look at different properties. I can make the visit. I have more power to negotiate. And in terms of interest rates, if I check with people before and I'm, I really know what I can get, maybe it's a, a good timing. So... This is a positive note. Sasha, I'm going to turn to you now. Uh, you have children. Well, I want to ask a probably a very ignorant question, but how do we know that prices won't continue to go down? Well, difficult also to say. The thing is, I heard this a lot of time uh, from different people. Also, the thing I was saying is that if now people are coming back to looking at properties, like I said, with uh, these employees from big companies, you have tons of employees there they are start again to look at the market the thing is that the first people that come to make the visit will potentially get the properties so if you have good opportunities at the moment and you wait too long say okay i will wait and see if price decrease maybe the property that you wanted they are sold already or other people made offers and maybe the student i was saying just before that you have now options to look at different properties and select my property not just taking the one the one which is remaining Maybe this will be the case. So maybe you have a small window now that's saying, okay, if you have um, the if you have the possibility to purchase, maybe it's a good time to have a look. Of course, if you find something, I'll not say okay, go ahead and, and buy something, but uh, if you find something, maybe it's a good time to just be before everyone coming back in the market. But could it not be that the adjustment, the housing price adjustment, will have to fall more in order to reach a level that is more affordable? Yes. 
well, we can say a lot of things, but interest rate can also potentially increase. So mm -hmm. then your borrowing capacity is lowered as well. So it's difficult to say. This is why I'm always saying to people, if you have the possibility and then if you find something, let's go ahead. Of course, if you can't purchase, wait and we'll see how you can build your file to be better when you will be able to purchase. And if you don't find any property, then never mind. Just wait and look for other as soon as you find something. Well, we wish everybody who is looking at the moment, whether to rent or to buy in Luxembourg, the very, very best. It's extremely hard. And as another of my friends who wrote in, who's a psychiatrist, uh, a psychologist rather, I should say, she was saying it, it can create great anxiety in people. It's a very, very hard thing because having our own home is something to do with our own security and a feeling of safety and <coughs> and of feeling at home, literally mm. at home in the place that you're, you're living and working. So I... I'm very happy that you ended on a, a potential positive there. <laughs> we will continue to look at the information that comes out of Liza, of course. And in a few weeks time, we will have another conversation on housing, where again, we'll have somebody from Liza, we'll have somebody from at home. And we'll also be joined by a professor from the University of Luxembourg to talk about the issues around housing in a more well, national way and the, the economic implications of that. And of course, meanwhile, in the news, we'll continue to look at that seesaw between interest rates and what's happening to the housing figures. But on a happier note, we wish you all a very, very happy <coughs> Easter weekend. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.